Welcome to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Hi, I'm your host, Taylor Burris, and joining me, my usual partner in crime, Mr. Justin Prince. He also with us is our producer, Ryan Bauer. And Justin, we have a special guest with us tonight, the winner of the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series from the Magic Mile, Mr. Jimmy Mullis from Richmond Raceway Esports, joining us here tonight. And I got to say, Jimmy put on a stellar performance right Racing at New Hampshire this past week. What is your thoughts on that as well, Justin? Well, when it comes to the month of July, it seems like things just click for Jimmy Mullis because majority of his victories have come in the month of July, and now three straight at New Hampshire is not an easy feat to be able to do because... It takes a lot of luck to win on a short track, but it also takes a lot of skill to be able to get yourself in position to do so. And Jimmy Mullis had a car that could drive its way through the field to get up to the front and dominate like it did in the second half of that race. It was an impressive victory, to say the very least, Taylor. It certainly was. And let's go ahead and get started as Jimmy has joined us here tonight. Jimmy, welcome to the iRacers download. Congratulations on your victory. How are you feeling now? Uh, Thanks for having me, man. Um, super pumped still, uh, obviously, you know, not only winning, uh, just three in a row being a huge feat in itself, but, um, putting ourselves in position to have a shot at being in the playoffs. Um, if everything goes well, these next two rounds. So, um, yeah, it's a pretty surreal feeling to be honest. Um, there's a, a lot of emotions that came with Tuesday night. Um, and you know, I just couldn't be more proud of, uh, you know, our whole team for bringing a car that was capable of winning once again at New Hampshire. Um, we seem to really have that place figured out and, Um, You know, it's just a pleasure to have good guys behind me and, you know, have that opportunity every time we go. Now, walk us through how that race went for you. You were pretty much up towards the front of the field most of the night. But in those closing laps where you were on the front row battling it out, you were able to make that line work for you and able to pull away before the cautions fest started happening late in the going. What was helping you to keep focus, knowing that you had this shot of winning and guaranteeing you a spot or a chance into the playoffs here in a couple? of weeks time um to be honest with you uh you know it was one of those things where um usually i feel like i can find myself getting nervous uh but for whatever reason i just i was really calm and uh focused on the you know the task at hand and um i knew that the car was really fast and i knew if i was up there in position late in the race that i could get the job done just because um i've managed to do it two times before uh you know tuesday night so um i guess with all that said you know the whole deal with uh being there late i knew conti was going to race me clean because he always has and um but i I knew it was going to be tough to beat him because he's obviously one of the best guys on short tracks uh and i mean anywhere we go he's one of the best there is in our series so uh that was a lot of fun it was really tough um but you know we were able to do it so uh couldn't be happier it certainly was i mean you put on a stellar performance leading the most laps of that race of 54 but we also got to talk about the amazing opportunity that you have with richmond raceway esports a team that has been involved with iRacing for quite some time. Talk a little bit about that opportunity that you've had, been working with this team for a couple of years now. Talk about the relationships that you had and what helps help you to improve upon that. 
Um, yeah, Richmond is like a second home to me at this point. Uh, those guys are like family and, um, they really take care of myself and Zach. Um, you know, this year is, it's been difficult with, you know, COVID and everything still being around. And there's been a lot of shifts in, uh, personality that's running our team and everything, uh, just with the way things are working out. But nonetheless, uh, it's always, you know, a pleasure to get to work with them. And, um, they've been a huge part of everything as far as sim racing goes for me. They put, uh, me in a real race car a couple years ago, um, um, and we got to do some stuff with Bubba Wallace. And um, that was also a huge thank you to Sunoco for that. And um, they've been a huge partner for us. So to get the first win for Sunoco um, with our team was really big. Uh, that might have you know, been bigger than the win itself just for you know everything surrounding that. They've done so much for us and so much for me. And um, you know, it's just uh, it's a really special group to be a part of. Uh, like I said, they, they've treated me like family. And um, you know, hopefully we can go chase a championship this year because they definitely deserve it. Yeah, this season. And especially in the past few races, you've been starting to gain some momentum. Second at Coda, sixth at Road America, of course, New Hampshire, and some around 20th place finishes at Pocono and Charlotte. What seems to be the trick, though, when it comes to how you've been able to perform in the month of July and onward? Because that's where a majority of the victories have gone is the month of July. Yeah, um, to be honest with you, I wish I had an answer. I don't know. It's just something about this month just seems to click. Um, I don't know if it's just our team getting more comfortable as the season rolls on or what. Um, I think, you know, there's been a couple races this year where we've had really good speed and um, just some unfortunate things happen. Um, Charlotte, for example, we had a top five car and we were sitting there with a chance to win. And then uh, the unfortunate situation going on the pit road with uh, the one car happened. And, um, you know, situations like that will happen. Uh, it's unfortunate you know to say the least but uh we've had really fast cars and we've been in position to be you know up towards the front in a lot of these races and things just haven't fallen our way and um you know it's been a really up and down year but uh you know like you said july is usually a month where we come on strong so i'm hoping uh, after new hampshire we've got some momentum to roll into uh, the Glen with and we can you know carry this on through the rest of the season absolutely momentum is very important and how would you describe the atmosphere of things? Because, of course, you also have the opportunity to work with some of the eNASCAR, Road to Pro Qualifying, iRacing Series drivers as well who are making their way up to the ranks. Uh, yeah, everybody's really you know putting all their effort in right now. Um, obviously, with round two going on, we've got Briar LaPrade and Michael Finlayson Jr. Um, both in that round, and uh, I crew chief for Mike. Uh, that's been a really fun opportunity for me. I've been doing that this whole year, and um, it's nice to kind of view things from a different perspective. And um, I think it's honestly helped me from a driver standpoint as well. Just uh, kind of having an idea of what's going on outside of you know what I can see, um, so that that's been a really fun opportunity like i said and um you know the the whole focus is to try and get those two into pro and then obviously we've got our four uh lockdown racing with me uh zach novak Corey vincent and taylor hurst that are all trying to stay above the relegation line and um hopefully try to get two more of us into uh, victory lane these next two weeks before the playoffs start and see if we can um you know have an opportunity to have two or three cars uh in the playoffs um we've had really good speed this year uh just not a lot of luck but um yeah the atmosphere it's uh it's really intense right now and i'd say it's like that for every team um everybody's got a lot going on so uh it's going to be a busy couple months absolutely and you mentioned the key point too of working with the lockdown side as well of course the opportunity with that organization too is correct me ron with the opportunity to work with anthony alfredo how vital has it been with anthony alfredo being a part of your group because i've seen briar Laprade many times spot for alfredo during monday night racing for example 
how has it been having someone you can rely on for real world track experience from the cup series i think any you know extra information you can get from somebody that's been there and done that so to speak is always helpful right um anthony he's been a huge part of our team before he even got his name to be a part of it you know what i mean um so Mm -hmm. he's become really good friends with you know the majority of us uh me and him actually hang out quite a bit outside of the sim world and um he's just he's a great guy to have around and um you know it's a really cool opportunity for our whole group to kind of get into a bigger spotlight uh with him and um couldn't be more appreciative of you know the opportunity that he's provided all of our guys with uh you know him partnering with us and frm also uh playing a little role in that um it's been a really cool experience to uh you know kind of see from the sidelines of things because obviously i'm not in the road to pro series so i don't really get the full effect of it but um yeah nonetheless it's really cool to be a part of and it's uh it's really awesome just to have him uh be involved and you know like you said have somebody to lean on that has been there one of the points i was going to bring out you know we see this now more than ever especially since last year in 2020 how professional drivers are utilizing you know some of the coke drivers such as yourself jimmy what has it been like having these relationships with these professional drivers relying on you to help them learn a little bit more about iRacing, sim racing to help them to where they can apply it in their real life racing oh uh, yeah it's it's pretty awesome man um you know i don't think a couple of years ago you could have told any of us that we'd be <laughs> be helping nascar drivers learn how to drive race cars virtually you know um it, it's uh it's been a cool deal and um just getting to meet different drivers and you know learn about what they go through uh on the weekends and then try to explain to them what we go through and uh you know work together to make each other better uh, as far as i racing goes it's it's been a really cool deal and um i think for anthony it's been really fun seeing how much he's grown uh, as a sim racer since we started working with him at the beginning of the pandemic last year and all the way to now um it's unfortunate we never got a pro invitational win there were a couple times he was way quicker than uh a lot of those guys but man it's so hard to get yourself in position um but yeah overall it was just super cool to see how much effort that you know some of these drivers were putting into this and um the fact that they would give you know guys like me or or Ralph Fowler, Zach Novak, or Nick Ottinger the opportunity to try and help them. You know what I mean? Because they've already done all this. They know what they're doing, but they still gave us the chance to try and uh, guide them in the sim world, which was uh, just a really cool experience. And not only that, with guiding professional drivers, you also are a coach for the McConey Setup Shop, which we've had Jeff on the show before. Explain how that also can help up-and-coming drivers in the world of iRacing and how that really can be a benefit from learning from professionals such as you when it comes to sim racing um yeah being a coach has been a really cool opportunity uh, i've really enjoyed that i just started doing that um and you know it's cool to get with people that are kind of new to the scene or even some that have been here for a while that just you know want some tips and tricks uh at different places uh you know i've really enjoyed being able to do that um uh, it can be difficult because i find it difficult to you know try and explain what i do because it's kind of one of those things as they say muscle memory um but uh, it's really cool just being able to sit down with somebody and kind of talk about what we do uh to try and go fast you know and try to help them get pointed in the right direction and um yeah nonetheless it's just been a really cool opportunity with jeff mcconey and um couldn't be more thankful uh to him for not only sponsoring us at richmond but giving me and zach the opportunity to do the driver coaching um it's it's really a fun job and um hope i get to keep doing it certainly is of course other than the world of the enas garco Coca-Cola iRacing series. You've actually been quite busy with other series 
as well throughout 2021. In fact, you were the winner of the 2021 E-Racers Carnomaly 500, probably one of the most interesting and difficult races we've seen in recent times. Briefly touch on what was it like trying to drive pretty much the Gen 5 car without restrictor plates at Daytona. Oh, dude, that thing's crazy. <laughs> that that was a really fun race. Um, those cars are so hard to drive, and uh, you put them anywhere, and they're fun. But, uh, you know, it's crazy to go to Daytona and be full lifting off the throttle into the corners and uh, having a handful the whole time. And, um, that whole event was spectacular. Every event that E-Racer has put on has been just really, really awesome to be a part of. And um, they, they just do a really good job of taking care of everybody. Um, that Carnomaly race is a special one to me and always will be. It's the one of the best uh, trophies I've ever received for anything in my life. I've got a die cast with it and everything. So um, just a really special experience uh, with those guys. And um, yeah, that race was insane. Like I said, uh, going upwards of like 220 miles an hour into the corners and not knowing if the car is going to turn or spin out or what it was going to do was uh, was interesting. Quickly, right quick, before we go to commercial break there, Jimmy, what was the paint scheme of choice for you when you got your die cast? Oh, it had to be the scheme on the car. It was uh, the good Sunoco scheme that I actually just won with on Tuesday night, uh, just on the COT. Uh, it's a beautiful car, and uh, couldn't be more proud to drive it. That is an awesome trophy. Well, when we come back, more with Jimmy Mullis. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. iRacing, the world's leading online simulation. Developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service, iRacing organized, hosts, and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world. iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series with racing from the Australian Supercars, the Cars Tour, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, and the World of Outlaws. With over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser scan tracks and cars to choose from, iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsport simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Still here continuing our conversation with winner at the Magic Mile in the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. Driver of the number 46 Richmond Raceway, Jimmy Mullis, is with us. And Jimmy, I wanted to go a little bit back in time. You've been in the iRacing service since 2013. And we always like to find out from our drivers who come on the show, how did they come across iRacing and what made them want to consider pursuing this goal um for me it was i was about 12 years old at the time and i was honestly just looking for a racing game to play uh just messing around you know searching on google and youtube and um i believe i came across the 2012 daytona uh it was the world championship series at that time and uh you know just watched that race and was amazed by how cool and realistic everything looked and you know it was one of those things where i just i really wanted to get the opportunity opportunity to do it and um in march of 2013 is when i started iRacing uh my grandparents are the ones that you know kind of got me kicked off on it um and then unfortunately my grandpa passed away later in 2013 and um one of my goals uh was to make it to that pro series um and so it was kind of one of those things where uh, i've always been doing this for him in a way and um you know i've been around for a long time now which is pretty crazy to say that that was you know about eight years ago now um it's uh it's been a long journey and a, a really
really fun one. I've met a lot of great people along the way. And, um, you know, it's crazy what uh, sim racing can do for you, both, you know, inside of the simulation and outside of it. It's, uh, it's an amazing thing for sure. It certainly has, of course, you made your way up into the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series starting. And about 2016 is when you started to make your major debuts with starting in the Pro Series before competing officially in 2017. How would you say that this whole format of the championship has changed since starting back in 2016 to what we see now? Um, yeah, so uh, 2016 was the first time I tried to make it. Back then it was still, uh, I think they just raced for straight up points throughout the whole season. And then my first year in the series, uh, 2017, they actually started the playoffs. But it was only, um, I think it was eight drivers. And then it was like the two or three races. And then he'd go to the final four. And now this year it's going to be 10 of us. Um, and it's a win and you're in format. This is the first time it's ever been like this. So uh, that's why it was so crucial to win on Tuesday night. Um, and it's crazy to think that we have 11 different winners this year in 11 or 12 races. Uh, that's unreal. Um, that just shows how competitive our series is and how good everyone is all across. Um, and who knows, we might even get two more winners before the playoffs even start. Um, but it's going to be a hectic, a hectic championship battle. Uh, I think Talladega is in the playoffs this year. So uh, it'll definitely be something worth watching. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a, uh, a lot of animosity surrounding it and um, just a lot of energy and I look forward to it. You mentioned the pressure going on right now. How do you try and keep your mind off all the pressure because right now it's in a spot where you've got the second most score points driver of the season, Graham Bowen, without a victory. Steven Wilson, strong season, without a victory. How do you try and keep that at the back of your mind to try and keep yourself focused on the task at hand for the next couple of weeks? Um, I think it's just one of those things where, you know, I just have to control what I can control. And that's really, you know, just trying to drive my car and do the best I can. Um, I can't really worry too much about what those guys are doing. They're both really good road course racers, too. And uh, with Watkins Glen coming up, I honestly believe that uh, one of them or maybe Nick Ottinger uh, could win that race. And that's, you know, three different people that haven't won a race yet. Um, so uh, it's definitely an, an intense situation. Um, but I've tried not to really think about it too much, even too. Tuesday night, you know, I didn't really even go into that race thinking about trying to win the race. I was just focused on doing whatever I could to put myself in position to have a strong run. And, you know, fortunately, it just worked out that way. Um, I've learned over the years that you, you can only control what, you know, what's in your hands and um, to sit there and stress about, you know, whatever is happening with these other guys. It's it's not going to do me any good, that's for sure. So um, just try to keep that, you know, like you said, in the back of my mind and I just do all I can do to be competitive these next two weeks and try to make sure that I put myself in a, in a position to uh, advance and um, you know we'll see what happens from there. We've asked this to each driver we've spoken to from the Enascar Kokolai Racing Series. Curious on this as well. What do you do when you're outside the sim in terms of what you do to unwind and as hobbies? Um, right now, uh, I just, I try to spend my time, you know, playing other games, spending time with family, uh, just really trying to get out of the house and have something to, you know, take my mind away from this stuff. Uh, cause it, it can be really stressful, um, to say the least. And, um, you know, like I said, I just spend a lot of time with friends or, uh, just doing whatever I can to keep myself occupied. Um, but, uh, here these next couple weeks, it's going to be all about trying to grind and be as fast as I can be at, uh, Watkins Glen to try and you know put myself in position to uh like i said lock into this next round and um you know just focus on trying to chase the championship once again indeed as well when it comes to that terms of the championship itself how do you feel these next couple weeks are going to fare out because 
You've got Watkins Glen, of course, a track seems you are looking forward towards. And then there's Michigan, two very different racetracks. What's that going to be like, that preparation to be able to get yourself ready for those races and get yourself ready for a road course? And then, of course, make sure your oval program is ready to go for a big two-mile oval. Yeah, um, it's going to be intense. Uh, I think a lot of my personal preparation is going to go into Watkins Glen just because I know I can really capitalize on my point situation there uh, just with it being a road course and um, knowing that we We've had really good speed on those, uh, you know, over the past year or so now. And um, I also know that there's a lot of guys that can win that race. I know it's probably crazy to think about because how good Bobby and Mitchell are, but Watkins Glen just, it's a completely different animal. It's, it's almost like the mile and a half version of all these road courses we go to. It's a lot less technical and um, there's a lot of really, really fast guys. So it's going to be extremely important to, to be fast there and, um, you know, capitalize on all the points that I can. Uh, and then with Michigan, I think, I think we'll be okay there i don't think there's a huge amount of preparation you can really put into that uh just because the way this package is right now it's kind of like super speedways and um at the end of the day it's just going to be about luck there i really honestly believe and um but you know obviously we're definitely going to put in the time necessary uh we'll have two weeks after the glen to really crank that out but um i think as of now all focus is going straight to Watkins Glen. with that then as we see how things are going with that you pretty much are safe but is there a little concern because due to the fact we do have 11 drivers who have won races so far so that means one two drivers are gonna have to fight it out on points are you concerned of some of those drivers who are outside that top 10 who are trying to get their way into the top 20 in points to make a shot of it a little concern especially with the next two races up ahead of Watkins Glen and Michigan given the fact that they are two totally different styles of racing in NASCAR oh it's absolutely concerning um but you know if I uh if I wasn't confident that I could pull it off then I I wouldn't be, uh, you know, putting in the effort, so to speak. Uh, I know that we're, we've got a good chance. Um, but like you said, there's 11 of these guys and there's still two more races that somebody that hasn't won yet could win. And, um, that's my main concern. Uh, I really think that we're going to see somebody new on the road courses win at Watkins Glen, and that's going to make Michigan even more, um, you know, important and crucial for all of us that are within that top 10 range. And, uh, you know, everybody's got to set their A game up for these last two races, man. And, um, I'm going to do all I can to put myself in the right position at the right times and uh, you know try to close this thing out. Certainly so and one thing also we want to touch about I know it's a little bit further out but with the next gen car that has been released for a while and the partnership that NASCAR and iRacing have had, had what is your thoughts of how that partnership plus with how the next gen car will be a factor for next year come into play when you can need to consider okay whether it be after the championships you need to start focusing on trying to build for that next gen car. I think it's really awesome just that NASCAR is, you know, putting so much um, into the hands of iRacing and kind of letting iRacing, you know, be a part of this next-gen car. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, that's a way long way down the road at this point. Um, but I do look forward to, you know, putting the time into that car as soon as our season's over and we get a break. Um, but, uh, yeah, that thing, it's wild. I'm still not sure how I feel about it, to be honest. Um, but, uh, you know, all I hope is that it puts on some good racing and uh, that it's fun to drive. That's that's really all I have to say about that. Well, how about this then? Where can people go to keep track of your sim racing? And you know, we always know, talk to some of the sim racers who have a streaming platform. I know you have a Twitch channel that you like to use occasionally, but what is your thoughts on using that for when it comes to social media aspects, especially since Richmond Raceway is a big so- 
social media platform that they utilize, especially when it comes to their social posts. Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Jamelis Racing. Um, that's where I pretty much do all my sim racing interactions. Um, and obviously, follow the Richmond Raceway Esports page at RR Esports. Um, they obviously follow me and Zach very closely, and uh, they're very active uh, when it comes to you know everything surrounding us, which is really awesome. Um, and then uh, as far as Twitch and stuff, I don't stream as much as I used to, or really at all, to be honest. Um, just don't really have the time uh, to put in to it like i would want to if i were to try and stream um just with everything that's going on both in and out of the sim so um yeah really for me i'm only active on twitter right now so uh anyone that if you haven't already uh greatly appreciate the follow and uh you know and have you come along for the journey of uh what's hopefully a championship run <laughs> <laughs> well jimmy we do appreciate your time coming on here we look forward to seeing what you can do at the all-star race quickly let's touch on that do you feel like you have what it takes to win at national Nashville? I do. I really do. Um, Nashville has really been fun for me. Um, when an IS was there, I was pretty successful. So I'm looking forward to that race. It'll be fun overall, win or lose. Um, it should be fun to have the next gen cars out and kind of see how they race. Uh, and I guess we'll get a taste of uh, how I'll be doing next year uh, with that car um, to start off. So I'm really looking forward to that. It should be a really cool event. And um, yeah, hopefully we can find a way to come out on top. Certainly. So we look forward to seeing you competing at the virtual Nashville Super Speedway in two weeks' time for the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series All-Star Race. But for that, that is Jimmy Mullis, driver of the number 46 Sunoco Racing Fuel Toyota Camry for Richmond Raceway Esports. Coming up after the break, we're going to take a look at the news of the week in the world of iRacing. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. iRacing, the world's leading online simulation. Developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service, iRacing organized, hosts, and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world. iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series with racing from the Australian Supercars, the Cars Tour, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, and the World of Outlaws. With over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser scan tracks and cars to choose from, iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsport simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm Justin Prince along with Taylor Burris with Ryan Bauer, our producer, as we've just finished speaking with Richmond Raceway esports driver Jimmy Mullis. And let's talk a little bit more in depth about that race, Taylor, because that race was intriguing because there were several different drivers who shined in that race. First, you had Chris Shearburn from the pole lead the first 50-plus laps. Then it got really interesting with some of the strategy calls. It certainly did. I mean, you had drivers such as Vicente Salas, who decided to make probably one of the most interesting pit calls in the middle of the race, coming down pit road under green flag conditions in order to try and be a little bit of a step ahead of the competition towards that. And it for a while, it did work. He was able to get back on the lead lap and actually get back up towards the front of the field due to the fact that those new tires. But unfortunately, after some tough luck and late in the going, with some major incidents of cautions he was unable to finish inside the top 30 even coming home in the 32nd spot but another driver as well who had a decent run was driver for junior motorsports michael conti yes he had some hard battling with vicente as well for that race lead at 1.24 laps led third place finish in that event ran second to Moas in the closing stages until getting passed by a career finish for Jake Nichols as well, which was very impressive for the Moen Media House machine. 
So it was a great race overall. And for some, they were calling it the race of the year with how some of the action fared out. Of course, you had the cautions, precautions with about five cautions over the course of nearly 30 laps in the closing stages. But the first two thirds of the race was absolutely incredible. It certainly was. I mean, we saw four, even five wide, three wide, a couple of rows deep even during throughout. Two. Exactly. For using the apron, it, it kind of reminds me, kind of throwing it back a little bit to the old EA NASCAR games that you used to play of how sometimes you would drive on that kind of game, you know, work going below the yellow line, running at New Hampshire. Kind of brought a little bit of memories of that to me when watching that race. But overall, the racing was phenomenal. It kind of makes me wish that's what we kind of get to see this coming Sunday and the NASCAR Cup Series and Xfinity Series. I think it's going to be a fun race in the real world as well for that. But the race, as we talked a little bit about Jimmy Mullis, is going to have major implications for drivers like Zach Novak and Graham Bowen rounded out the top five. Graham Bowen, lots of momentum, five top five, top tens rather in the past six races, second in the points without a victory. It's been incredible to say how things have fared out indeed, like Jimmy said, with 11 winners in 12 races, similar to what we've seen in real life to start off the season. It certainly is, but the biggest thing now that we need to talk about is like we talked with, and we talked with Jimmy about 12 races, 11 different winners. And looking at the point standings right now, one driver who everyone's looking at right now is Ray Alfala. He sits 25th. Now, granted, he had a top 10 finish there tonight, last run at New Hampshire, finishing inside, I believe, seventh position once the checkered flag flew. Yes, finishing there in his number 51 Toyota. But the problem is, due to the fact that he has had not the best finishes in the beginning of the season, right now, it's do or die for him. He has to either get another win or he has to finish podium probably these next two races in order for him at least get a shot and Chris Sherburn who's also got a win has to probably finish behind him and probably outside the top 20 in order for Alfala to have a shot it's pretty big points deficit he has to overcome about 25 points that he has to try and beat right now and based on how he performed on the road courses in the past Ray Alfala had at Circuit of the Americas and Road America it's not a guarantee whatsoever that he gets himself into a podium position. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Alfalas definitely got the speed on the ovals, especially on the short run, and especially late in races. He's able to cut his way to the pack, but right now he needs to figure out a way to perform well at Watkins Glen if he wants any sort of shot at pulling off this improbable comeback in the championship from the 30s, from dead last in the standings, in fact. He certainly does, but also Chris Sherburn also is on that bubble. He sits 19th overall in the points. Yes, he has that win, but one point, one position or two positions back, dropping him to 21st, he's out of the playoff picture right now as well, even with that win. So we have two drivers who will not possibly make it on a win at a chance, possibly, and we could have one driver making the playoffs here who could get in via points alone and that one driver who we could be looking at is either going to be Graham Bolin or Steven Wilson. And that's exactly what I think at this point they have to hold for. But I was talking with Wilson after that race, and he said, in his opinion, anything but a win is not valuable to him towards direction. So the mindset for that side is 
They want to win. You want to be able to come away with a victory. It's just going to be the matter of how it all breaks down in the next couple races because Michigan, it could go to anybody. Watkins Glen, there are the favorites, but it's also a track that they haven't been to in a few years. It certainly has. And of course, right now we get a little bit of a breather for these drivers so they can go back to the drawing board, kind of get themselves situated, get themselves organized before we get ready for that next round at Watkins Glen, which we know a couple of drivers in the field who we know for a fact has what it takes. Drivers such as Bobby Zelensky, Mitchell DeYoung, who could probably sweep all the road courses this season. Mitchell could have that possibility, but drivers like Ray Alfala has had wins and good finishes at Watkins Glen, and Jimmy Mullis seemed pretty confident about going to Watkins Glen to have a good finish from the result, or even possibly a podium finish or win. And I was talking with Nick Oniger actually earlier today about that Watkins Glen race a little bit in part, and he mentioned he was excited for the pressure, especially since, keep in mind, Oniger has won at Watkins Glen before in the past. That was before the domination of Bobby Zelensky in his streak. So there is the history there for Oninger at the racetrack. So there is a good chance for him. He also had great speed at Road America before he ended up going off the racetrack and into a tire barrier. So there is those opportunities for someone like an Oninger, someone like a Salas, someone like a Wilson to be able to potentially come away with a victory if things go a certain direction. We'll have to just wait and see, Taylor. Certainly. So, of course, you can catch the next rounds for the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series. In two weeks' time, on July 27th, will be the eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series All-Star Race at the Nashville Super Speedway with the next-gen cars. So that will be the next fit or next race that we will see the stars of the Coca-Cola iRacing Series there. But, of course, then the next official round that will count towards points will be a little bit later on at Watkins Glen. But there's a little bit more action to talk about in the world of iRacing also, Justin. In fact, today, on Thursday, July 16th, the PAX Arena and the EGK or EGX Arena Series Almost Pro 2021 had their two races today. And I got to say, the European race that they had with the Formula Vs at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, an absolute surprise and amazing performance by several different drivers. One of them, of course, in the European series, Portugal's very own Diago Pinto, who put on a stellar strategy call to come out on top. Yeah, that was an incredible race, to say the very least, with lots of great action in the Formula Vs, which are we've talked about in about how much people love. At a track like Laguna Sega, it's a, tr- a, tuck, a tough track to be able to get your handle on, first of all. But second, to be able to come away with a big victory over that field is absolutely incredible. Pinto is somebody who's shown speed in the past. The Porsche Tanker Esports Super Cup, he's utilized that speed to that advantage. Give a shout-out, though, to the driver who finished in third, Charlie Summers, someone that we've seen around the service for the past few years. He ended up having a third-place finish in that mark just, just about half a second behind. He certainly did, and it was a strong performance. That just shows how close and competitive Formula V racing, at least in the iRacing service and in the real world, can truly be. And I gotta say, I love watching Formula V racing because of how competitive and how pure it is. It's the purest form of open-wheel racing, I would have to say, because it's about building that momentum and making sure that you are able to get every inch and power and throttle out of that car in order to continue racing. Indeed, and it was the same case, you have to say, too, for PAX Arena almost Pro 5K as well, because we talked about the European side and the intensity there. 
the finish of the PAX Arena almost Pro 5K have to jump on towards that way is incredible because Brandon Hawken, the Canadian, who has been a very dominant road course driver and everything he's driven in various different series across the platform, involved in a last lap incident, several cars scattered about, and several competitors who we see on the NASCAR side and some of the young guns of all the iRacing service were able to shine as a result of the finish. Elvis Rankin is somebody we've talked about in the past where he has been a dominant driver in the MX-5s on the iRacing platform, races in the real world, is an up-and-coming star. He took the checkered flag over Graham Bowen. That's a big statement to me, especially to be able to come away with that type of a victory for that youngster's career on the road courses. He certainly is, and that is something amazing to watch those up, young up-and-coming stars, as well as some of the big names of iRacing, go head-to-head in one of the simplest but yet funnest cars on the service and one of the tracks that we all know when joining iRacing. Well, Justin, from America to Europe to now Australia, as now supercars are back at it with their... Their E-Series, they'll kick off on September tw- or September 15th on a Wednesday coming up, and they'll go all the way to November 24th with competing in a six-round E-Series. And they haven't released the full schedule yet, but it's great to see the V8 supercars back at it once again, where the pros of the top levels of V8 supercars, along with the Dunlop Super 2 Series drivers, will go head-to-head. And I can't wait to see how that series fares out in a couple months or so, because I remember a lot of the buzz, especially down under when it came to the series in 2020 it came with a lot of success back in that time so to be able to see it come back is going to be exciting because the supercars put on a great show when it comes to racing and they know how to battle those drivers we've seen success across the platform as well for many of their competitors there's a lot of talent in that series and i wouldn't be surprised to see some very exciting races as a result with some of the drivers and the talent levels that are in there. Not going to lie, I'm after seeing how the new V8 supercars are going to be looking here in the near future, starting next year in 2022, kind of hoping iRacing gets on that where we see the new Camaro and Ford Mustang V8 supercars. But on that note, we now get to preview to what's to come, and next week is going to be another round of the E-NASCAR Road to Pro Qualifying Series, Justin. We leave the dirt tracks of Knoxville and head down to South Florida to Homestead Miami Speed, way and looking at the point standings right now justin it is very tight especially after the dominant performance of austin yarborough and donovan strauss of elliott sadler esports but we still have a couple of drivers there in shot after just one race and it's now a five point gap tied for second between yarborough and strauss and then parker retzlaff and briar laprade it's going to be the true test at homestead first of all for some of these teams because the dirt track at knoxville is a wild card because for a lot of the teams i spoke to in preparation for that race it was about trying to lean on their dirt emphasized drivers from some organizations for others it was about learning how to build for a dirt track now they go back to the bread and butter the pavement back to racing on the oval to see how things fare out it's going to be intriguing how things play out in my opinion because Elliott Salary Sports on that side of the service has been very difficult to beat this year Donovan Strauss especially 
has proved he's got speed. Austin Yarbrough coming away with the victory as well in the first round added on to that cherry on top for the team. He certainly did on that, Justin. And of course, you can catch both the top split and the second split of the eNASCAR iRacing Road to Pro Qualifying Series on Thursday. That will be July 22nd. You can catch the top split on Podium Esports Network and the second split on the STN Racing Network. Make sure to catch all of the action there. But with that, Justin, it is time for us to go. So for, of course, our special guest, Jimmy Mullis, and our wonderful producer, Mr. Ryan Bauer, and of course, Justin Prince, my co-host, I'm Taylor Burris. Thank you for listening to another episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media.